Hey Vine family, Gio here and you're tuning into Vine Church Podcast. This week, Pastor Ariel shared a message on how suffering brings us closer to God. We can't prevent suffering, but we can respond to it in a way that will bring honor to God and bring our hearts closer to His presence. Tune into the message now and join us for service next Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Enjoy and remember, just keep coming back. Amen. So glad to be here. So happy to be here. Thank you, worship team. Can we give our worship team a round of applause? They are amazing. They are here before you guys even woke up, getting ready to lead us into the presence of God. So we're so thankful, guys. Thank you. Amen. 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 Good to be here. Excited to be here this morning with you all. My name's Ariel, one of the pastors here at Vine Church. Had the privilege of being here. Uh, The Lord has planted us in this house since 2010. So, so thankful for all that God has done and all that he's doing and all that he's going to do. My incredible husband is not here today, Ray. He is at a conference. He's actually on a plane right now heading back from a conference, but he misses you all. He wanted me to tell you that he wishes he was here. And, um, you know, he was just sending me videos and pictures of this conference and and, you know, short like snippets of words and telling me, babe, this is so incredible. Babe, oh my God, God is doing something so great, da, da, da. He's in Mexico right now. And then he was like, oh, I wish you were here. And, and I was just like, yeah, I wish I was there too. And then he, you know, he also sends me pictures of the food and, you know, the things that he's eating. And I'm like, oh my God. And I was like, well, you know, good for you. Um, he's like, yeah, babe, I just had these street tacos. They're amazing. And I said, oh, I just killed a cockroach. Like, um, yeah, but you know what? I was, he was, he was laughing. He was like, oh, I'm sorry, babe. And I was just like, it's fine. Don't worry. My time is coming. My time is coming. Don't you worry. Because when these kids grow up, you are taking me everywhere with you. Every single place. You're not going to go around the corner without me. Okay. You just wait. You just wait. But, um, but it is an honor and, um, And I'm thankful to be able to be home and take care of our babies because I would not be well traveling, leaving them with someone else. So, you know, I'm just thankful. So I was just there killing that cockroach, changing diapers and being like, you know, thank you, Jesus. You know, this is where I'm here today and I want to be faithful in what I'm doing today. But my day, my time's coming, guys. So uh, just kidding. But anyways, like I said, it's a pleasure to be here on this incredible day that the Lord has made. Who is excited for not only today, but what is to come. Um, This is uh, an introduction a little bit different than where we're going to be going to, but um, the year of 2023 is coming to an end. You know, we're in December. We're in the last little stretch, and we are about to end the year of 2023. And I know that this year, there have been some incredible highs and lows, right? This year, there have been some moments of incredible victory. I can tell you one right now. We opened a church in Mexico, and we have already 70 members there. You know, we have, you know, this year, earlier this year, we purchased a building that we will be remodeling soon and moving into. You know, God has been doing things, and he's showed his faithfulness. So thoroughly. And, um, and I know that personally, you know, we've had some victories as well. 
But there's also been some valleys that we walked through this year, right? I don't know about you guys. I don't know if your year was was perfect, but I think the only year that comes close to being as difficult as this year was for me personally was 2020. Um, talk about unexpected turns, right? That's the word of uh, that's the title of today's message: unexpected turns. But I just wanted to, um, you know talk about that and I wanted to talk about the life of a woman in the Bible um, where there was incredible unexpected turns in her life and um, incredible not as in good but incredible as in big and um, yesterday it's so like I said it's been a hard it's been a it's been a it's been a hard year I could say that it's been a hard year for me personally um, a lot of things happened in me in my life, in me, inside of me. I wouldn't even say to my family or, but inside of me, so much has happened. And um, so many times during this year, I'm just going to be honest with you guys. So many times during this year, there was moments where I would be like, God, can we just fast forward this year and just skip it and forget that it happened? Can we just move on to what you have next? Can we just do that? Sometimes we go through things in life and we don't understand why we go through them. But there was moments in this, in, in this year where I had that. And yesterday I was reflecting upon the year. And it was probably the first time this year where I actually was like, you know what, Lord, thank you for this year. And that is a hard thing to do after you've gone through something. Thank you for this year. Um, if you can turn your Bibles to the book of Ruth, we're going to be reading out of that this morning. And so this story takes place uh, sometime in the period of the rule of the judges. And these were days, these were dark days, the Bible says, for Israel, where everyone did as they saw fit, okay? So there was a lot of lawlessness. There was a lot of sin. There was a lot of just all kinds of things going on. And, and at the time where this, it says here in, in chapter one, verse one, it says, in the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. And so a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. And the man's name was Elimelech, and his wife's name was Naomi. And the names of her two sons were Malon and Kilian. And they were Ephrathites from, from Bethlehem, Judah. And they went to Moab to live there. Verse 3, now Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died and she was left with her two sons. And they married Moabite women, one named Orpah and the other Ruth. And after they had lived there for about 10 years, both Malan and Kilian also died. And Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. When Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, she and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there. And with her two daughters-in-law, she, let, she left the place where she had been living and set out for a road that would take them back to the land of Judah. Then Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you. Go to your mother's home. May the Lord show you kindness as you have shown kindness to your dead husbands and to me. And may the Lord grant each one of you, um, grant that each one of you find rest in a home of another husband. And then she kissed them goodbye, and they went. Then, then they wept out loud, and they said, "We will go back with you to your people." And then, verse thirteen, it says, "No," she says, "No, my daughters, it is more bitter for me than for you, because the Lord's hand has turned against me." 
it says here in verse 14, and then they, they wept aloud again. Then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. And she said, and Naomi said, look, your sister-in-law is going back to her, to her people and to her God. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. And where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. And may the Lord deal with me ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. And when Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. And, they, um, and then they arrived in Bethlehem. And here it says that people, when they arrived in Bethlehem, people began to, the town, the city knew, wow, is that Naomi? What happened? And so they began to ask, is that Naomi? Now a widow? And then um, she said to people, she said, verse 20, don't call me Naomi, she said to them. Call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. See, I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. And so Naomi returned to Moab, returned from Moab, accompanied by Ruth, a Moabite, her daughter-in-law, arriving in Bethlehem as the barley harvest was beginning. Let's pray. Can you guys close your eyes with me? Jesus, we thank you, Father, for this word this morning. We thank you for the service unto you, God. Lord, we thank you, Jesus, that you brought each and every one of us here this morning. Lord, I pray that every heart be open. Lord God, every ear be open, that you open our spiritual ears this morning, Lord. We pray that we, our hearts will be open to receive revelation, to receive understanding, to receive clarity of your word. Lord God, that you may shift our perspectives this morning to understand you for who you are, God. God, that you may change us this morning, that you may transform us this morning, Lord. Holy Spirit, you are here. And where your spirit is, there is freedom. So God, I pray for freedom, Lord Jesus, this morning in this place. I pray, God, that your spirit will reign freely over us, bringing us transformation, bringing us, God, um, revelation in our minds and in our hearts, Jesus, and that we will never be the same again by your word, Lord, by your word that will, that will touch us this morning. In the name of Jesus, use my life, use the words that come out of my mouth, Lord, and that you may speak, Holy Spirit, further and beyond anything that I can say. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we see here in the life of Naomi that she had some incredibly intense, unexpected turns, right? She had something where she and her family set out from Bethlehem because there was a famine. There was something horrible happening. And so they said, let's go. We need to go somewhere. We need to do something. Maybe we can go to, and there had, there had been wars against Israel and Moab. So it was not a, a welcoming situation, but they decided to go there and things happened that were not expected. I imagine that they decided to go, Elimelech must have said, you know what? I need to take care of my family. There's a famine right now. Let's go to a neighboring country. Let's go over there and we'll stay there for a while. This too shall pass. This famine is going to pass. Don't worry. And so they gathered their things and they went. But years later, her husband didn't make it. And Naomi must have thought, you know, okay, what now? What's going to happen to me? You know? And then 
after so then her sons get married to Moabite women and she's like all right you know what God is expanding our family God is doing something and you know what we're our kids are here they're gonna they get married now I have daughters-in-law and then something happens where her sons die as well and so then I cannot imagine I cannot imagine what Naomi was going through in that moment you know she said she said I left here full but I came back completely empty she didn't come back just empty guys she came back devastated she came back her life had fallen apart to its entirety uh you know there was nothing left no husband no children no grandchildren no money no possessions no food anything that she had it was completely gone she had nothing so she had come to the end of herself and so in that moment she said you know what I'm just going to go back home I'm going to go back to see what is there left for me there is there maybe uh, maybe I can find a relative that will maybe take me in or let me help them or, or let me just, you know, someone who can maybe take care of me. Being a widow in that time was very, very, very difficult. And so sometimes they were taken advantage of. Sometimes they were not uh, being cared for. And so her life took an extremely unexpected turn. See, her dreams shattered. Hope was nowhere to be found for her until her daughter-in-law decided to come along and say, you know what, I'm gonna stick with you. I'm gonna stay with you until the end, she thought. Naomi was probably like, what are you talking about, Ruth? This is the end. This is the end for me. There's, no, there's nothing else. I, I have no prospects. I have no money. I have no family. I have nothing to go on for. This is the end. So you know what, girls? Since I cannot offer you anything, please just go back. Go back to your home, go back to your family, and hopefully there you can marry someone else because I'm not going to have any more sons. Even if I were to get married tomorrow, what would happen? She says, if, even if I had a son, you got, you're not going to wait till he grows up for you to marry him. So go, go on. I'm too old. There is nothing left for me. You know, sometimes when certain things happen in our lives, we kind of feel that way. So when certain turns of events happen, when unexpected turns happen, when sometimes our dreams are shattered, we don't understand what happened or we don't understand why. But here she says, you know, she was, she was, ex she was experiencing unfathomable grief, a grief that overtook her. She had nothing, no security, no loved ones, but it says here that Ruth saw something and she said, no, you know what? I'm going to cling to you. I need to stay with you. Why? I imagine that Naomi must have been a, a woman of God who feared the Lord, a woman who, who showed Ruth and Orpah the God that she served. And so through Naomi's life, Ruth experienced a love. Ruth experienced a life that she had never experienced in all of her life growing up in Moab. But when she met, she encountered someone with the life of God, her life was changed. And so she said, you know what? I don't care that you don't have anything to offer me. I don't care that you don't have a son. I don't care that we don't have any pro future prospects. You know what? I'm going to take care of you because you took care of me. And so Ruth was someone that was key in the life of Naomi. And Naomi was someone that was key in the life of Ruth. And they took care of each other. And so, um, you know, we see here in the story of Ruth, 
that so many things happen, guys. They get there to um, Bethlehem, and um, Ruth says, you know what? I'm going to go to the fields, and I'm going to pick up leftover grains that were left behind any of the harvesters because they got there right during the barley harvest. And so Naomi said, okay, go, go ahead. And, you know, um, be careful because it's dangerous. And so Ruth goes and she begins to pick up after these harvesters. And she's picking up, you know, the leftover barley, whatever scraps fall from them that they didn't pick up, she would pick up and keep for herself. And she ended up finding herself in the field of Boaz, a man who was from the clan of Elimelech. And so he took notice of, Bo- of Ruth. Boaz took notice of Ruth, and he was a noble man, the Bible says. And so Boaz took notice of her, and he was caring and compassionate towards her. And he told her, my daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean. This is verse 8. Don't go and glean in another field. Don't go away from here. Stay here with the women that work for me. And watch the field where the men are harvesting, and follow along with the women. You know, I've told the men not to lay a hand on you. Whenever you go, you get thirsty, go and eat and drink from whatever my servants. So he took care of her. He said, you know what? I know you are a widow. And so he took care of her and he said, you can stay here. Stay here where it's safe. So he gave her a safe place to stay. And so um, then Ruth, uh, Naomi, I'm sorry, realizing that there was this, this favor over Ruth's life that um, Boaz had noticed. She said to her one day, she said, she gave her specific instructions and she told her to go. You guys can read in the book of Ruth later what happens is that she goes, you know, to the threshing floor and she, um, where they were having, you know, a party and, and things like that. And she went and when he was in good spirits and he took, laid down to go to sleep, she uncovered his feet and she lay there. And in the middle of the night, he woke up and he was startled and he said, well, who are you? And she said, I'm Ruth, your servant. And she told him, you are, she said, I, I am your servant, Ruth. Spread, and she asked him something. She said, spread the corner of your garment over me since you are my guardian redeemer of our family. And so what is that? What is a guardian redeemer? That is someone back in, in the time, in that time that they lived. If a man passed away, his land and all his things did not, no longer, it would not be passed on to a woman. It was passed on to the next man in their family. And so he was one of the men of the clan of Elimelech. However, there was someone actually next in line. And so Naomi, knowing that he was a part of the, uh, of, of, uh, the clan of Elimelech, she said, go over there and ask him to redeem us. Ask him to redeem. And what that would mean is that he would take over all the possessions or land that belonged to Elimelech that was in, the land, in, in that land, in that region. And he would also marry Ruth. And so knowing that he had that special favor for her, she went and did that, and she was obedient to her mother, mother-in-law. And we know the story that, um, and you guys can read on, but it says, you know, that he found favor in her, and he did marry her. The next day, he went and he went to the, uh, to the court um, hall, and he gathered men, and he said, look, you know, I, I need some witnesses here, and he gathered the man who was the next um, in the line of, of that could uh, take over, you know, and assume their land, Elimelech's land and, and um, daughter-in-law. And he told them, hey, are you going to buy this, this land? And he said, yeah, I'll buy it. And he said, okay, but you have to marry Ruth. And he said, oh, no, I don't want to do that. She's a Moabite woman. And so then he goes and he's like, all right, then I'm like next in line. I will do it. And so he did it and they got married. And 
we see that there was uh, this story turned out into something incredible. And so we see here that Boaz, you know, Ruth was someone that was, that surrendered to, and, and she was obedient. Um, and this actually changed the course of her life. It says here that of uh, chapter four, verse 13, it says, so Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. And when he made love to her, the Lord enabled her to conceive and she gave birth to a son. And the woman said to Naomi, praise be to the Lord who this day has not left you without a guardian redeemer. May he become famous throughout Israel and he will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you and who is better to you than seven sons has given birth. Verse 16, then Naomi took the child in her arms and cared for him. And the woman living there said, Naomi has a son and they named him Obed. And he was the father of Jesse, who was the father of David, who was in the line of Jesus. We see this story completely flip, obviously. We see something that happened here that had a really beautiful ending. However, you know, you see that Ruth was someone who was obedient. Ruth was someone who was faithful. Ruth was someone of noble character who clung to her mother-in-law, even though her mother-in-law had nothing else to offer her. Boaz here is a representation of Christ in our lives, who redeems, who transforms our lives, who leads us into a future that we never imagined. From poverty, destruction, famine, death, suffering, we see faithfulness, we see obedience, we see restoration, we see love, we see birth, we see new life in this story. But guys, there was suffering in the very beginning. The introduction to the story was nothing but devastation. But did you know that suffering will many times be a doorway to God's heart? You see, we can learn from Naomi's life that good dreams sometimes shatter. I'm not talking about bad dreams. I'm not talking about how dreams sometimes shatter in our lives where it's like, okay, God, you know, I want to be, you know, a multimillionaire and I want to do this or God, I want to, you know, open that business or to help people or whether it's a 